<laughs> I, I throw up one time. I mean, as, as long as they're not like Hobbit hairy feet. See, I don't think they are, but Dalton would say that they are. Mo right? says it. Mo Neek does not. Why do you say your name like that? I, I was gonna say Mo, but I don't like calling her Mo. I feel like that's something like not a boyfriend would call their girlfriend named Monique. Don't boyfriends normally have a nickname for their girlfriends? Yeah, I call her. I call her Neek or Mo Buckets. Neek. Yeah. That's like what her. That's what her family calls her. Oh. But then she ain't your hoe no more. See that TikTok I said? You've been on that for a while. I've been, no one laughs at it except me, but I just... Dalton does this weird thing now whenever I'm in the bathroom. Huh. Nice cock. Yeah. Nice cock. That. Nice cock. That's a TikTok trend. I know it is, and I think it's the dumbest thing in the world. And Dalton's... Huh. Nice cock. This is just the sound that goes on in my house as I continue to nice walk around. Cock. Yeah, you know what else is a pretty nice sound? No, David, roll the intro. I'm drum. I'm drummer. <laughs> I don't want Matthew feeling insecure about his feet with everybody that we that we that I, this is. The amount of times anybody listening to this is gonna see my feet. If they see my feet, they're close enough to me to where yes. it's not gonna bother me. Okay, but like, have you seen your feet? I've seen them. I have grew up with them, You actually. looked at them. They're exactly like dad's big, big ass toes. And then you got like the hairiness of it. And even Mo, and you should probably, you should probably take Mo out. But even, hmm, and I agree that you, can, you she, have some hobbit she feet. Literally, did she tell you that? Yeah, we talked about Monique it. Monique told you that. Don't say Monique. She won't care. Hmm. Do hmm. <laughs> That's, hmm. that's told you that if we refer to Mo. It's hmm. hmm. So no one has to assume that Mo is a part of our podcast yet, and she's gonna be our camera lady. And like, whenever we start season two. Oh, is that what's gonna happen? I thought that's what was gonna happen. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's what David was talking about. You still think it's enough for an OnlyFans though, right? Oh hell yeah, dude! My feet would fucking sell. Or my dude, I'm just gonna shave my legs, and then I could probably Matt, your sell feet, some. Your feet would never sell. I could sell some leg pics for a lot of money. No, maybe maybe if you paint your toes, actually. You think so? What color? Uh, don't no no color. No clear. Just, just like the gloss, you know. Oh, all right. Gloss it up. A little sparkle. Shave those hairs. Ooh. You know, what? wax them. I feel like there's some people that are just into long hair. You know. I'm no, no. Well, right. before we get into that, welcome back everybody. Week forty-five. Week forty-five, Let's guys. Do some math, big guy. I, I'm I'm gonna keep it simple today. You ready for this? Talking to my kids about multiplication today. Nine times five. <laughs> 45. Easy money. Keep it short and simple this week, Dalton. That's why I told myself this morning. And as always, we are. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, oh, we're your hosts. I'm Drum. <laughs> and I'm Drummer. And welcome back to the podcast about brotherhood and the three S's. The three S's. Sup- the supernatural. Self-improvement. And stories. There we go. And we are joined by a very, well, very... we're joined? We are joined. We have someone here. With one of our signature... Signature. I don't know what that is. <laughs> you sound like Ace Ventura. <laughs> well, there. <laughs> signature. Signature. Why'd you say that like the cock? <laughs> nice cock. <laughs> Back with one of our signature segments. Celebrity Shot. We are joined by our favorite Rodriguez, none other than... Hi, Emily. Hi, Matt. Well, welcome back. Emily Rodriguez. You know it's a signature because she mouthed along with you. Did you? I didn't. She didn't. She did. I saw you go... Oh, did you? Nope. No? Oh, she <laughs> you guys didn't she was see that. I didn't know that was podcast. a segment. David when was that created? When Bob Bagnell was on. Celebrity shot. So it's one... It's, it's starting to think. No. We just have so many signature segments, you know? <laughs> They're signature the first time we do them, too. <laughs> All right. What do you think is the weirdest, not weirdest, most unexpected OnlyFans? The most unexpected? I feel like somebody would use it to just, like, play with toys. There's there's these um, girls that, like, on Twitter, I've seen it a few times, where they're promoting their OnlyFans. But they go, this isn't anything nude. I just try on clothes. That's all it is. But you guys are more than welcome to watch. Come check me out. Let's hang out. And so literally all they do is they just try on new clothes from fashion companies that send them clothes. They get paid for it. Bank. Oh, yeah. It's just no no nude, no sex. So no what's nothing. the appeal of that? Uh, guys like to watch girls just 
try on new clothes and outfits and compliment they, her. They like go away from the camera to change into an outfit and then uh, come back. Yeah, they just it's just like a new clip of them trying on new clothes. That's pretty cool. Honestly though, no. So so Monique does not have an OnlyFans and no she does not do this. But for work, she works in the fashion industry and um she models the clothes. She models right? the clothes. She and posted so, a video today of her trying on she clothes. She did. She that was did. Cool. Yeah. So she uh, she normally does it only on her company's account. And when I saw that she did it on hers, I like messaged her. I was like, "Hey, uh, you swa- you switched accounts? Like just let you." She said, "No, no, no. Like I meant to do that." So, um, but she actually did that, and people watch her do that, and they like literally buy clothes because she's a wholesaler. Mm-hmm. So there's boutiques out there that like. We'll see it and they'll be like, oh, wow, I really like the way that looks. So they'll go and they'll buy orders and stuff. And it's crazy. Like, she's hot. So, like, when she does that, like, the sales go through the roof for that day. It's pretty crazy. Do you think there'll be a time where she'll sell, like, male clothes and she'll have me go try them on? That's not how boys buy clothes. Girls buy clothes because I'm like, oh, that looks really cute on I'm her. Not doing this for the yep. boys. It's going to look cute on me. Yep. You're not doing it boys for the boys. Boys don't do that. No, I don't do anything <laughs> for the boys. Just trying to just see how I look in these clothes. It's more of a personal thing. I just want to get paid for it too, you know, try on clothes. Rachel thinks you could be a model. See, that's the best. It's also that's so nice. No, okay, calm down, toes. Calm down. Okay, I think it's very awesome that Rachel thinks that highly of me. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm the most photogenic person, but not not like I'm photogenic, but like not in a serious way. Like I can't like I can't do that, but I could smile really well. And then raise your eyebrows and then stop smiling. (laughs) <laughs> it's really hard to do and like if i was ever in a photo shoot i could have none of you there i just giggle the whole way but through the, that's exactly why you should want us there mm. like you know how like we move like how we move together like we move like boxes and heavy like, items like when we try and lift heavy things together yes you know how it goes yep you know we all start laughing and then we can't stop then yeah we drop, then we it. drop everything yep. right it's exactly how that would go i can see you being a model Thanks. I appreciate it. We're you were a model. You were, you were a model for our merch. Yeah. yeah. That's the first thing in your portfolio. I'm not putting that in my portfolio. Because <laughs> I'm going to look up Drum and Drummer and be like, oh my God, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I can't believe this guy has all this content out. Look at this. <laughs> Where does he find all the time? <laughs> what, do you, what, do you think, what do you think is a better endeavor? You as a model or the 49ers playing last Sunday? Listen, David, there's there's a fine line between you getting punched in the face and the 49ers losing. So, hold on. For our <laughs> listeners out there, football is back. We are very excited about Guess that. Guess who's back? Football's back. Back, back again. again. Time for kickoff. So, football's back. Last week was the first week, and the 49ers did not live up to the expectations, but that's okay. It was a rough go. It was a rough go. It was a rough go. Rough go. Jimmy Garoppolo go. put himself in a blender and spun around. But it also had to do with for like, Dante Pettis. Like Dante Pettis, even Jerry Rice, called him out. Called him out. He goes, the one person that never made a catch, never ran a yard, all this stuff, he was dancing on halftime. And if you're not doing anything for the team, don't be dancing at halftime. Do your job. And I was like, you know who's the only receiver that didn't catch shit and didn't do shit for that team? Was Dante Pettis. I actually, He's out. I, I, I think he was talking about Kendrick Bourne. But, um, Kendrick Bourne did shit, though. Yeah, but I don't think that's the time that he's referring to. I don't think Kendrick Bourne had done anything yet. So, However, Dante uh, Pettis. we have a new acquisition. We signed Mohamed Sanu. Very excited about that pickup. Yeah, when you were at the gym. Did I really? Did I call it? Bro, everybody knew that. Bro! <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so excited. Do you have enough time to start him on against the he Jets? He will be started on Sunday. This is the best news I've gotten all day. Yeah. So, uh, we picked up a new wide receiver acquisition. Muhammad's the new guy. He's a legend. He's a big boy, too. Yeah. We're going to do great. Yeah, I'm oh excited. Super excited. Uh, this is amazing. Yeah, the 49ers did not live up to expectations. Week one jitters, no preseason. A lot Week of things one jitters, going into it. no preseason. COVID happening. Coming back, no it's crowd. a long season. So. There's cool. a lot of things that went into it. But you sounds know like what? a lot of excuses. Uh, it sounds like a lot of reasons, David. They're not excuses. You're not on the football team. You're not in the NFL. So you are you on the football team? Yes, we are. Yes, We're very we, important to this team. We are a part of this team, and we actually talk to the coaches quite frequently on, over the screen. So just respect the respect the privacy, bro. We can't talk about that stuff on uh, the podcast. Your ball is showing. Yeah, it's football, it's football season. season. Oh, it only it shows. All throughout football season. Yes, but not it, just it's on, covered, Sundays. No, not on Sunday. The flag goes up on Sunday. Flag goes up on Sunday. We still kept the shrine over there. 
I wanted to move the totem pole over here, but if we lose this week, then if we'll we lose it. this week, then we have to move. The it's totem the only pole thing we're actually superstitious. But you about. already yeah. lost this week. I felt bad because Monique was. Well, Monique kept moving. Yeah, so Monique came and she was watching the game with us. And she was sitting in the corner of the couch. And first of all, Mo watched like the whole first half of like all four games with me while Matthew was out damn doing it, something. Damn it, damn it. And we just had a great time watching football games. And then Matt came. And we just yeah. had to watch the game with him. But, you know. Oh, yeah. So Monique was sitting in the corner of the of our couch and we were watching the game. And we were doing well. And then Monique got up to, like, go do something. And right when she got up, we started doing bad. And I turned around like, Monique. She's all, yeah. I'm like, sit in the corner. And she's like, what? I'm like, we were doing good when you were there. And you got up. We started doing bad. So you need to sit there. So she, like, went. And then she sat there. And, like, we all have these seats. I think we talked about it last year, mm-hmm. too. We all have these seats that we sit in. Matthew sits there. My dad sits there. I sit there. Mo sits here, right? Stays that way. You don't change your seats. You don't you sit move. Where the you only need time to sit. you're allowed to change position is if something bad happens. Like two things bad in a row, you need to switch it up, right? Like like the vibes just aren't right. So you right. play musical chairs. No. I go from sitting here to pacing. I pace a lot. Matt will but, pace behind you and breathe on your neck. It's yes. really uncomfortable. And then, but then there was one time where Monique got up to go to the bathroom and the game had started and we made this huge conversion. And Monique walked out of the bathroom and I'm all, babe, I'm sorry, but you got to go back in the bathroom. And she was down. I was joking, but she was actually down. I really appreciate that about her. Yeah, yeah. So It was a good but, time. It was even, so even when you move out, you're going to come back every Sunday yes. for game day. Yes. Yeah, what else would I do? I have to come here to watch the games. Yep. This is exactly where you need to be. Yep, we need to watch it with Dad. Yep. So, But we have a special guest here who just got back from back. being a volunteer. Volunteer? For helping with the COVID crisis. That's amazing. Who? What kind of great mastermind would do this? My favorite, Rodriguez. I've said that twice. And you mean I it. I mean it. You mean it. I mean it. Her name's of my heart. Emily. Emily. Emily, how are you doing? Welcome back. Welcome back, Emily. Well, thank you. I'm good. I remember, so the last time I was on here was when COVID had just started because I was home for spring break. And yes. you guys were like, tell us about it. And I was like, honestly, you're fine. Like, unless you have immune system disorder, whatever, immunocompromise, like, no one will, like, you're fine. And then the next week we were on lockdown <laughs> and yep. we we're still on lockdown. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. So you, we claimed you to be the professional that we brought on to explain this COVID crisis to us. And you know what? You might have tarnished your reputation just a little just bit. Just a little bit. Just a little you know? bit. But, just a wee bit. But Maybe that's why I don't have a job. To come back because you were on the front lines. One, what was the company you went out to go work for? Two, tell us about the hotel room that you stayed in while you were out there. And then three, did you have a good time? And Give tell us some shouty touties. Give some shouty touties. Shouty touty to COVID Care Force. They take <laughs> volunteers for anyone with any kind of medical background, EMT. Red Cross training. Once. Red Cross training. Oh, CPR certified? Will that count? <laughs> yep. Really? So yeah. if I get CPR certified, I can go. You can go out there. Because right now in Gallup, Gallup, New Mexico, they have a bunch of Native Americans um, homeless Native Americans that they're trying to like gather up at the end of the night and take them into this nunnery, mm-hmm. yeah. feed them, mm-hmm. help them wash them clothes, give them a dinner, let That's them sleep cool. somewhere inside for the night. So they're like, this is where we need guys to just like round them up because most of the time they're drunk. Yeah. Also, when they started the COVID crisis uh, in the Navajo Nation, which is where I was, they were giving out bottles of hand sanitizer every time you came in to get tested. They were drinking them, and they were drinking them. Yep. So then they were so, getting sick, so they had to stop giving out. So at work, hand sanitizer. Uh, we work really closely with like we work with a lot of native tribes, and alcoholism is rampant. And like really? if you think that like homelessness and stuff like that is bad, like in LA and stuff, which it is, it affects the Native American community. So it's like it's insane. It's literally another country when you go to visit some of these places or you watch the documentaries or whatever. Like it's it's bad. The wow. Navajo Nation is between Arizona, the top of northern part of Arizona, bottom of Utah, and the northeast corner of New Mexico. It's the size of West Virginia. Yeah. Like, that is just the Navajo Nation, and they only have three, like, patrol cards. West Virginia is a state. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I just don't know <laughs> if it was, like, big or not. I don't know if you're saying, like, it was really big or it's like, really small. Just the fact that it's the size of a state in the middle of three other states is vast and a third of them don't have running water. Yep. A fifth of them don't have electricity and there's no addresses. So whenever you need, whenever the nurses have to go out there to like check on these families to see how they're doing with their COVID symptoms, to get test other family members. They're like, just drive 15 miles North, turn right at this hut, 
go another 20 miles, turn left at this hut, and then that's my house. And yeah. so they had to like drop pins every time they visited a family just to go back. Wow. And it's crazy, dude. Yeah. It's, That's insane. It's a little bit scary, honestly. And yeah. then, so there's, in that West Virginia type area, there's only three cop cars. They, like, they were telling me that they had an accident where one of the cars, like, fell into a ravine and the cops showed up and were like, mm, we can't pull out your car. It's a liability and left. Damn. Yeah. And so during the day, there's three cop cars patrolling. During the night, only one. So if anything happens to you, like you're screwed because the nearest cop is maybe four hours away. Whoa. So there's a lot of it's rape insane, that goes man. on. There's apparently a serial killer there who beheads men and leaves their teeth in a pile next to really? their head. What the heck? Yeah. So that was the population I was serving. I was at the Winslow Indian Healthcare Clinic, and they serve um, anyone with a Navajo descent, anyone that gets you know money from the government. Um, I wasn't doing too much. I was just screening, making sure no one had any symptoms before they came into the building. And then I got to do some COVID tests. But it was very interesting to see what they valued and like how they get health care and stuff. So so you went out there and you did you go by yourself. Did you go with a group of people by myself, by yourself, had a panic attack as soon as I caught yeah, up. I the understand. Yeah. I understand. I've, yeah. I've done that for less. <laughs> a lot less I mean, so I've, what was your why'd you go what made you decide to go and then like kind of walk us through your experience of like being alone for the first time and like you have to get to your hotel room at some point that's my favorite part of the whole story uh but really yeah, is great. Tell, tell us a little bit about that so i went because i'm looking for a job it's hard to get an orange job right now because all of HR is like delaying everything. So I called one hospital and they're like, oh, 10 to 12 weeks before we get to your application. So I was like, all right, I need to do something. I need yeah. to boost my application in some way. So this was going to be that thing. And it was only two weeks. Um, it wasn't paid, but they reimbursed me for everything I paid for. So I was like, all right, this is it. And I wasn't nervous leading up to it, but I think that caught up to me as soon as I landed because I got my sandwich and I went to go like sit somewhere because I had to wait an hour to meet up with the people I'd be driving with and I like could not get the stuff off of my back to sit down in a chair and I like had the panic attack and I was like, okay, it's fine. It's fine. Fine. Um, so yeah, so I was by myself, met up people. What was the question? Just about your experience. Like when you got there, just walk you, us oh, through, oh, walk us through. Oh yeah. Walk so then I got time. there, met everyone that I'd be working with. Yeah. It was me and a girl named Zaria that would be going. So some people stayed in Galton, Mexico. Me and Zaria were going to go to Winslow, Arizona. Shouty-touty Zaria. Yeah, Zaria was my homegirl. Is Arizona next to New Mexico? Yep. It is. So you were in Arizona. I was. I flew into New Mexico, drove three hours to get to Arizona. Did you rent a car or did you like take it? Why didn't you just drive to Arizona? So there's two locations they're sending volunteers. We had a meet in Gallup to do an orientation with all of the volunteers. Oh, okay, okay, okay. So from there, then we just drove. Um, So the doctor that's in charge of this whole thing realized that we were like they're getting tight on money and didn't have enough money to get rental cars for everybody so he was like hey you know what? i have an extra car in kansas just take it to winslow and whoever's there can use it so i was driving this guy's car <laughs> for the last two weeks Hell the gmc yeah. acadia nice something it was like a big car heck yeah um yeah and so for the first week i was working four days a week from the first two days were eight hours the next two days were 12 hours doing the screening doing the testing um, on the weekends, we got to do whatever we want. So we went to Sedona, Flagstaff. Um, and then the second week, I did three 12-hour shifts. And I stayed at Delta Motel. All right. All right, all right. each room is themed for whatever iconic person was in the 60s. So I stayed in Elvis Presley's room. Oh, yeah. Now, we like Elvis in this we family. Do. We do. We're big. We literally have a poster of him on our wall right there. Yeah. So this room was probably the size of your living room, and every inch of the wall was covered so it was with fucking pictures. Massive. <laughs> <laughs> Dope as hell. There was two queen beds in there for me, so I switched switched around. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Did you like have like a, a bed depending on the type of day that you had. Like if you had a good day, you would sleep on the right bed. If you had a bad day, you sleep on the left. No. So one bed was right next to the window, and the other bed was right next to the air conditioning. So it was either am I going to freeze at night or risk someone walking by and like hearing that every night. So I slept next to the air conditioning. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, that's and smart. Then, I, I wouldn't sleep anywhere else. And then the other bed 
the one next to the window was in front of the TV. So during the day, that was my day bed, and oh. then my night bed Dang. was in front of the bathroom. Fancy, fancy. <laughs> so did you? Um, did you have downtime? How many? How much downtime did you actually have? So I had quite a bit of. Uh, it didn't feel like a lot of downtime because I try to keep my keep myself busy, but I had. So Friday, Saturday, Sunday, when I first got there, was off. So Friday, I, I don't know. I think I went and explored, went to Flagstaff, watched TV. There was one day where I was like, I came home from work at 4.30, and I was just so sad that I was alone, and no one knew me, and I didn't know anyone. So I just watched, I think, like Law & Order for like six hours <laughs> until I went to bed. <laughs> Law & Order? Law & Order SVU. That's my favorite one. Really? Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever watched a Law & Order episode. I think that's why I'm anxious because I think everyone's out to kill me or rape me. <laughs> but I know how to get out of it. <laughs> so when you were alone, did that like, did you end up meeting people? Like you brought up your one friend, like did you and her like kind of like band together and go do stuff? Because I feel like that setting is very unique in the fact that you guys are all there for a common cause. Mm-hmm. So that's like, could be your common, you know, point to talk. Did you have a hard time feeling that you could connect to other people? Because I know, like, when I went to Biola, like, I, the whole year of 2013, I, for whatever reason, like, didn't, for, I forgot how to make friends. Like, I forgot how to talk to people. Like, I forgot how to have these, like, basic interactions, how to begin a friendship. Like, I don't know, to this day, I don't understand what the hell happened to me that year, but, like, I couldn't figure it out. You know what I mean? Did you experience that, or was it? Uh, I think having a common reason why we were all there definitely helps because it's like, oh, why did you come? Why did you come it's to start the conversation? But Zaria was a very interesting person in that she's just kind of a drifter in general. So before she got to New Mexico, she was living in Mississippi, had gone to school, and her parents moved to Alabama. She ran away from home, went to Texas by herself, was living in her car for like three weeks, and then went to some went to Colorado for a couple of weeks and ended up back in New Mexico. So she's just like used to meeting random people, having yeah. conversations. And then there was a couple nurses that were working at the clinic I was working at living at the motel because Winslow is probably the size of oh, uh, n- not even Covina, like way smaller than Covina. Okay, you can literally drive down all of it in five minutes. Yeah. So this is one of those towns that you hear about, like if you blink, you'll miss it. Yeah, literally, that's it. It was on Route 66. So they were living at the motel because there's nowhere to live. And so every night they would all sit out on the patio. And so that was and they're all they're used to the volunteers coming in there. So it was like easy to just go and sit. And they're like, oh, you're a volunteer. What do you do? Where are you from? Whatever. So that was really comforting and made me feel very safe and familiar while I was there. Yeah. If I hadn't had that situation, I think I would have tried to come home way sooner because really? it was just... It's like, it's just weird. Sounds so nerve wracking. I was telling Matt earlier, but like we grew up going to school with people that we've known since we were like four years old, five years old, at least I have, or like coming from a big family. Mm -hmm. There's always someone that you know when you do something where it's like, they know your cousin, they know your brother, like they are your family. So going somewhere where like nobody knows who you are is like really eerie and like challenging. Very different. For yeah, sure. it challenges your character a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. Have you ever experienced anything, anything like that, Dalton? No. No? <laughs> no, I've never I've never traveled, like, by myself. I don't think I would do well. I think it would feel very weird. I th- it would take me a while to get used to it. Yeah. Because, like, I have that moment, not as much anymore, but when I was younger, I had that moment of shyness, so I wouldn't really talk to anybody. It's gotten easier now, but I still understand, like, it, it makes me nervous when you talk about, like, you going on a plane by yourself and then like for me my thought was like man i get lost trying to find the plane like i get i get i wouldn't know you where to get checked terrible at terrible sense of direction yeah, yeah yeah i just get lost which can be fun sometimes but also like when you're trying to get something done and then you just don't know where your flight is and you don't pay attention like like me half the time you're not gonna find it so that gave me anxiety thinking about you doing that and i was like oh no, i don't know if i could do that so i mean it's it's definitely i give you props for doing that i don't know where i would volunteer to be honest, but that'd be dope. I can uh, give you some respect for that. Yeah. And for me, like the only experience I have with that is when I first went to Biola, which for the record is 45 minutes from where I grew up. But like, I didn't know anybody. Like I literally went there. It was a last minute decision, like literally weeks and everything. <laughs> it was it, like it was, a week and a half. It was a week and a half. It was the, to this day, it was probably the craziest thing ever. There was like, you got accepted. Every day was like something new. And Matthew was stressed 
out. Yeah, because. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, one, like, I was the oldest. Mom and dad's first time doing it. So they're stressed out. I'm stressed out because they're stressed out. I just think that this should be easy. I'm still working for dad at the time. You know what I mean? So, like, just a lot going on. But I remember going there. And uh, when my parents took me, they were. Mom, mom was trying to find a reason to stay. She kept like, Matt, do you, do you want to go eat? I'm like, Mom, we've ate like four times in the past three hours. I'm not hungry. And so like they were trying to – but I remember being alone for the first time and being like, fuck, I don't know anybody, you know? But at the same time, it's terrifying, but it's also exciting. Mm-hmm. Like nobody knows you, you know what I mean? I can literally lie to all these people and tell them whatever the fuck I want. They'd have to believe me, you know? But it's – Something that I think everybody should go through because you really tend to, okay, like I have this opportunity here. It's a blank slate. I can, I don't have to be who I was in the past. I can be that person that I want to be in the future. And I think it, you ask the question, like, who do I want to be? You know, I don't know if you experienced this. It, it might be, I don't know, but uh, you know, like who's this person that I am becoming, right? Like we tend to, we're all moving on a path. We're moving forward and we're doing things. We're helping people. We're making career decisions. You know, we're looking for new jobs and we're doing X, Y, and Z. But like, what is that end goal? Who do we want to be? How do we emulate that? And so that's like an opportunity for me, at least. I remember when I went there, I looked at myself I was like, hey, I don't like these qualities about me. I see these as being problematic. Like I can fix these now without any backlash of people being like, whoa, like you're not who you used to be. You know, like, yeah, yeah, like that's not who I want to be. Yeah. You know, uh, for you, did you have any moments of like self-reflection of being like, oh, I've never been put in this situation. How do I change this? How do I feel better? Oh, yeah. Like, so my anxiety when I was thinking about going on this was like, I so I think of myself like as an introverted extrovert. Like when I'm around new people, I'll be quiet. I'll kind of read the room, see how everyone is. And then once I get comfortable, then I'll be you know, very honest, very open with how I am. No, really? <laughs> you? <laughs> Emily? So I was like, sh- I, like, I can't do that because when I'm introverted, like I have one person to like look to you to say everything that I want to say and like just won't, don't feel comfortable saying to people I don't know. So I was like, I have to figure out if I'm an ex, if I can be an extroverted person and like, and if I can filter myself yeah. to make sure <laughs> I'm not too honest. Um, but when I was there, my last day, I was sitting outside with everyone. And it's all fun fact. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> I went off. <laughs> I can do it. When I was sitting there, I was. everyone was like, oh, like we're so sad you're leaving. You've been great. And I was like, honestly, I was really nervous because I thought like I was just going to stay in my room every night. Like I didn't think I was going to make any friends. And they're like, no, like you seem super bubbly. Like you're very easy to talk to. And I was like, okay, that's like good affirmations to hear. Yeah. 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 Especially sure. coming out of college and like having to go into the workforce and, you know, being around people that you don't know at all and like having to make first impressions every day as a nurse. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I feel like especially being a nurse, like you have to come off as somebody like that knows what they're that, doing. That, like, like, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, your world's falling apart. I'm here to help. Don't worry. I've got it. You know what I mean? And I yeah. feel like that's that's so much pressure in a profession. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? But no, I think that, that that should give you a lot of like confidence because it it's did. like it's it's truly a unique situation in that you're getting immediate feedback about people who met you for the first time. And it's not like you're ever gonna see them again, so there's no real reason for them to lie to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if, if you were a shitty person, they probably just wouldn't have said anything, or you wouldn't have been welcomed on the patio, or whatever the case is. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it was also reassuring because they're like, "Oh, let me like add you on Facebook. Like, let me give you my number so we can keep in contact." So it's like, "Oh, like I'm someone that someone wants to keep in contact with, or that they hope I do well in the future." You know? Yeah, yeah absolutely. But yeah. I love that. So I met a lot of interesting people on this trip. Tell us. <laughs> I met a girl named we'll call her her name is Shay that's not her real name but she had I met her for one day she was another volunteer and the one day I met her was we were driving we had went out to dinner one night and the next night we had to drive her to Phoenix because she was flying out and on this drive she had told me how she was born and raised in Haiti had butlers maids and I've been to Haiti and I'm like oh it's a very poor country yes there's certain parts where there's money but I've never seen a place where there's butlers and maids and i was like okay Interesting. and then she so she came to the states doesn't talk to her family anymore put herself through college by selling pictures of her feet hell yeah at, amazing know, 75 dollars for a picture they have to pay for her pedicure and then they have to tip so sometimes came under around like 200 and she's like you should do it like why aren't you doing it like this is where all the money is coming <laughs> from. and i was like oh uh i don't know it's not really for me and then she also <laughs> told me that she had this guy that she dated for six that she really liked and she's like i don't like i don't really get into relationships dated this guy for six months before she let him kiss her and i was like 
You're going to sell pictures of your feet, but you're not going to kiss your boyfriend? (laughs) Shit. Yeah, so then that's what I learned about her. She leaves, goes to Vegas because it's her birthday. A couple days later, it was me, Zariah. She's about to get some good handshakes. And Sierra. We we had all all been friends on this trip. Shay texts each of us and was like, hey, can I borrow $100? Hell no. What? She had asked both of them to never ask me, I think because we had only met that one day. So Zaria, the drifter, she was like, yeah, I'll give you the hundred dollars. I'll see what kind of person you are. (laughs) Zaria had spent more time with her and she's like, I think she's a scammer. (laughs) Damn. Hell yeah. So Zaria gives her the hundred dollars and she's like, okay, I'll give you 50 the next morning and then 50 when I get back to New York. Three days had gone by and Shay was like, I got into a car, car, car accident. Like, I couldn't get the money. The bank froze my account. I can't unfreeze it here in Vegas. I have to wait till I get back to New York. A week went by. I don't think Zaria's got oh, her money. Hell yet. no. There's <laughs> no way. There's no way. I would tell her just, hey, do what you a piece need, of sell shit. some pictures of your feet. Like But it's like this girl, she was like the way she told her stories was so enticing and very like believable. And she had traveled to all these different countries and Sounds she has like a pictures. Psychopath. She has pictures where she's there, so it's not like it's a lie, but it's like, did you scam your way there? Oh, like, hell yeah. Guaranteed. Wow. Like, I wow. never met a real-life scanner. Like, I always ask people, like, have you met a serial killer? <laughs> <laughs> That's ridiculous. But, so, have you met any weird people on your travels? Because you both have traveled. We both traveled. That's true. Have I met... I mean, mm. yes. One that's left an impression on you like that. I can't think about any individual person, but, I mean, like, I went, like, I... I my only real experience of like meeting a bunch of new people at once is Biola and like my group that I still hang out with now, they're all cool. But like, I met a lot of like random people in class and like, they're all homeschooled from Washington. Like, you know, so like their social skills weren't like, not that they weren't there, but like, it was just very different from what I'm accustomed to. Um, You had the one roommate, you had two roommates. One was like super chill and the other one wasn't as chill, right? Yes. Yes. I'm not going to give him a shoddy touty, but because uh, he follows me, so he might actually see this one day. So, hey, man, sorry. But, uh, yeah, so I had two roommates. Uh, one was a cool dude, um, and then the other one was very introverted, but he was one of those guys that, like, he wasn't – he was weird, but he was also, like, the cool weird dude, if that makes sense. He was, like, super cool. Like, him and I got along, but he was just very particular about a lot of things, and it was just like, – we had a lot of weird conversations. I can't think of anything off the top of my head, but um, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I nothing that sticks out to me. Nothing like that. Your your story takes the cake for sure. I mean, when I worked at Hustler, I got a lot of weird stories about like like weird sex stuff that people do. Weird stories are just I feel like people would just tell you facts about their life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. Like, it was just ma- just very matter of factly. Yeah. That you Maybe we're like, oh, okay. I did not think that anyone just, would ever really tell someone that. After after a while working there, I just learned to not care what anybody had to say. I just was selling the product, so that like a lot of it, I kind of lost. But there's like one moment, like it, it, I never, I never talked to the guy, but he. Every time I think about New Orleans, this homeless man comes to my head, and it's the creepiest thing that I've ever experienced. So I was, I went to New Orleans. I think it was the second time I went there, and. I was walking through Bourbon Street, drinking, having a good time. We wanted to go to this certain street that all the like the locals really go to, and, and ha- go to like all the bars and all the jazz clubs in that certain area. So we're like, okay, let's go there. So we're walking down, and there's this man, and he's uh, like, not he's not too big, he's not too small. He's like five foot something, like a, a thick boy. He's sitting on a pole, like by a pole, and looking at everyone, right? And so I'm walking around, and I see him, and I'm like, I don't want to walk by you. There's something weird, really weird. And so I walk, go to the other side of the street, and I walk down that way. Yeah, I know, like a little preppy white boy not wanting to walk around him, but it just made me uncomfortable, <laughs> right? So we walk around, and we go to this little thing, little bar, come out. We walked down to, to the main part of the French Quarter, and I see him again. This time, he's sitting on this fountain, and uh, we wanted to sit down for a bit. So we're sitting down, and he's staring at me, and he's smiling, smiling and smiling. And I'm like, fuck, like, this guy's creeping me out. And he wasn't saying anything. And so finally, I was like, I was like let's, let's go. So we get up, 
And he's like, oh, you leaving, pretty white boy? And I was like, yep. <laughs> I keep walking. At the end of the night comes. I walk home. And I feel like I'm being followed the whole time. I, and like we, we we walked because we were like a mile away from the French Quarter, so we just walked back to the place, slept there. The next day, wake back up, and this is the, this is like the second day we've been there. We were there for a whole week, so this is the only second day. We get back up in the morning and start walking back to go get beignets for breakfast. And he's now not a mile like he's about a mile away from where we were, but he was like watching, like he was just there, just like sitting by a tree, just watching us walk by. And throughout the whole day, he was somewhere. And every time he was smiling at me and looking at me. And he gave me this dark, like dark vibe. Like it wasn't like, like, oh, I find you attractive. It was like, I'm going to kill you the whole time. Fucking creeps me out every time I think about it. Extrasensory? Yeah. Do, like, you, do you believe in the black magic there? Oh, yeah, yeah. Do you oh, think completely. that was it? Oh, dude, there was something up with that guy. He was, he just, come, like, there's a lot of homeless guys out there, right? But he just was on it. He didn't look to be super homeless. Like, he didn't have, like, the raggedy clothes or anything. But you can tell that he was, you know? It was, like, one of those things. But he just was everywhere I would go. Throughout the whole week, it wasn't just the two days. Throughout the whole week, we made eye contact every day. And I saw him every day. I didn't go down the alleyways. I was I was not about to do that. We walked around everywhere. Uh, it was creepy. And every time, every time I go, to, if I go there again, I'll probably see him again. <laughs> but I was so creeped out. You, you know how like there's movies of like serial killers where after they cr- kill somebody, they go to the grocery store, and there's that always that scene where they're like really creepy, and they have the shopping cart, and they're walking through the aisles really slowly, and they're like just getting the things that they need to like, you know, clean up the job that they had just done or whatever. So the other night, Monique and I were, we were at the store and I was in this weird mood. I was like, we were getting some stuff and I walked by and I like walked by this guy and it was like exactly that scene where he like was just walking really slowly and I like cut him off in his cart and he like sat up and he looked at me. I was like, oh, yo, my bad, man. And I like went and I grabbed some stuff and I came back. With and your cart, I, with your cart. Huh? You mean cart? Yeah. Okay. I heard car, and I was like, why were you driving in a grocery store? No, cart. Sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. I feel like I didn't need to explain that. But I, just, I just was figuring weird things Anyways, in my head. So I go, I got the stuff, and I walk back, and then Monique is trying to get by the guy, but he's, like, stopping her with his cart. And I was like, and I was like, I kind of, like, walked him, like, hey, bro, she's trying to get by. And he, like, looked at me, and he saw that it was me again, and I just got this weird vibe, and so, like... Monique and I grabbed our stuff. We get in the car. We're driving home. I'm like, you think that guy was a serial killer? She's all, oh, yeah. And I'm like, so then it made me think, like, how many times do you guys think you've walked by somebody who's, like, a serial killer or, like, actually killed somebody? Because the best serial killers never get caught. They're charismatic. They're charismatic. Yeah. They're, like, they're funny. They, they like, have really cool stories about all these places that they've traveled. They, like, go and volunteer for, like, honorable causes. They ask their friends for money. Uh yeah sounds like somebody that you know i don't think i've met one yet no would you know i feel like i would i could sense the vibe i'm pretty good at feeling out vibes like i don't know <laughs> I, I don't think i've ever met one so do you think you can figure out who serial killers are using those personality test type things uh are yes. you one you just took one i am not a serial killer believe it or not congratulations um, thanks man do you think you have the capacity to kill the Cut. capacity the- <laughs> Capacity. The capacity. capacity? Uh, I I got the capacity for it. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Um, I don't know. I I think everybody does. I think everybody's a killer if they be pushing to the limits. Like I I don't think that like I I think it's situational. I think if you ask any father if they would kill for their child, the answer is yes. You know what I mean? Um, I'd like to say no, but I don't know. What would your What would your uh, your my method? Yeah. What would your method be, bro? I would just tickle them. I kill them with kindness. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I, I I don't know. Something <laughs> quick. Um, so here's what I do. Your ex. Okay. Well, no, close. Starting with a little. <clears throat> so, I would lure them with uh with like tax reductions, right? Like, you guys, you guys want to do your taxes? If you come to my place, I can actually show you a way to. Pay less on your taxes. Are you saying this is how you would be a serial killer? Yeah, yeah. this is my oh. this is my your mo. So I would get them with tax reduction. So what I would do is I would lure them to my house, 
and I'd be like, or or like maybe maybe I'll get like a little shop or something. Depends where I'm at, I'm at financially. Um, maybe like a little shed. But I'll be like, hey, I can work on your taxes here. Um, I do this, this, and this. This is my credentials or my certifications or whatever you need for being an insurance. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'll get it all discovered. So I will get them to my house, right? I would I would probably mainly do couples. I would like them to like if, if I think it's a beautiful thing to stay together and die together. So I like I would definitely keep them together. You know what I mean? And then I would have them both sign, right? You guys got to sign these papers, right? And I would have it on this metal board or not this wooden board with two metal like metal rods going in through the ground like so it's stuck and then i would have these like little slits throughout all the all the um tables and i would get i would have two knives under my side of the desk right so they'd be sitting there and they would be signing and i pull out the knives and i put their hands through it so now they can't leave okay now they're stuck there so my next plan of attack right I put them through there. I get this extension thing, right? And I wrap them around underneath, tighten everything together so they can't take their hands out. So the knife is like in it and it's not going to move. And I go, talk about your relationship. And I walk outside for five hours. So you're a love serial killer. Yeah, yeah. Just promoting firm and proper communication uh-huh. through acts of violence and yes. tax reduction. You're understanding. You're understanding. Dude, I, that's a noble cause. I'm not done yet. You, okay. So after that, I'll come back in five hours, and I'll ask them what they've learned in this experience, right? Have they bled out? Um, they're not bleeding all the way since it's still tight. I try to, I, I really put it in there so nothing's bleeding yet. Can't they pull the knife out with their other hand? That's why I said I tied it. Excuse me. And I bent the knife in so they can't pull it out. Neither can I. So they're stuck. You didn't so think about that right now. <laughs> so after that. They, I would ask them if they figured out stuff about their relationship. If they are honest, they're like, you know what? Yeah, like we, we kind of learned like, you know, we have trust issues and we got to figure this out. Be like, all right, I'm glad you guys learned something. I would let them go. And they have free tax reductions, right? But <laughs> but yep, yep. if a different couple was like, I do the same thing. That's my, that's my plan of attack every time. Not going to change, right? It works every time like a charm. So if the next couple, boom, knives in their hands, five hours, right? walk back in and they're still angry at me and they didn't work on themselves <laughs> oh my god you know what i'm gonna do right what i'm gonna take a chainsaw <laughs> and i'm gonna take off their other shoulders they'll be trying to they're trying to fight me right so i'm gonna take a chainsaw and i'm just gonna wave it across right and i'm gonna have it like on a swing swing set thing yeah and so it's gonna go across 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 i'm gonna put it on like a like a, a like a little board on the on the roof and it's going to slide closer and closer to them mm. so i'm going to roll it that way and if they can avoid it great if they can't then they lose a limb you know what i mean yeah, yeah. and that's on them because you know what you should have talked but after that like if since they didn't like work on themselves like i'll just kill them um now how i would dispose of the bodies and that's a great question um so i would have these metal bins so basically your saw you're, you're that's, rela- where, that's where you're, a lot of my inspiration you're, lies. You saw the relationship edition. Yes, yes, yes. And saw just no, is, no pigs. He's a communications major in college. He just really cares about communicating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know, yeah, yeah. And yeah, and tax that. reduction. Yeah. So so let me ask you this: You clearly just said your entire plan of attack. So cops, anybody listening? He's completely joking. This is not happening at all. Uh, but. If you took a test, do you think that I... You would- know what that makes me think of, though? The story where some dude breaks into a house with a family, and the family has two kids, and he rounds them all up in the living room, and he goes, I will shoot every single one of you unless the two parents pick one oh, of their yes. kids. Okay, maybe that's where my inspiration was from. <laughs> to get murdered. But like it's not as it's not as like calm as that. I know I know the story is like a very high stakes situation. That, that did not sound calm. All right, listen. <laughs> no, no, no. He's like you he's like they, they're all yelling, and he's like, "No, you have to pick one. You have to pick one." And they finally do pick one, and he clicks it, and it's just like an empty gun. And then he, he goes, shoots the other one. And he goes, "No." And he goes, "And now you have to live with that knowledge." And then he just leaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? So if your family. <laughs> Got broke, like the house got broken in, and your parents had to pick which one of you to get murdered. That would be me. 
they would pick you. They yeah. would say, kill him. Yeah. And what you, would wait, you, you're the more Andrew. successful one, though. You also graduated college. No. There's a lot of things that go into this. Think about it. Hold on. Yes, but you're the favorite. Notwithstanding your dad beating down this guy's ass and protecting his family <laughs> for whatever reason. Don't touch my truck. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think it's you? thousand percent. I, I call bullshit on that. I call bullshit 100 percent. Why? And this is this might get too personal for a second. But if you just look at the facts, look at the facts here. OK, I battled a lot of things. But Matthew, he's been uh, like a church leader. He knows guitar. He could talk his way out of anything. He's a good salesman. He has a great job. He's making good money. He has college degree. He has uh, ambition. He has drive. He's a weightlifter. He's going to be a national champion weightlifter, right? He has a girlfriend that loves him. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> he has good friends. He has the, this this amazing support system that I'm also a part of. And I honestly just believe in my heart, deep down, that they would be like, all right, let the loose end go, right? And let's keep the tight end up here, right? Matt, Matt's like the Matt's like the George Kittle of the family, if you think about it. <laughs> you like that one? Say they pick you, and then, you know. I'm like the, the Tory Smith. The situation plays out the way it is. How do you live the rest of your life like that? I'd be fine, because that's exactly how I would want it to be. Like, I wouldn't want them to kill Dalton. I'd rather just have them kill me. You know what I mean? But just the fact that knowing that they chose me, or like they chose well, you, and then the, here's you the didn't thing. die. Is, is the entire time they would be bringing this up, I would be yelling at both of my parents to just fucking pick me. Nope. And I'd, I'd be insulting the guy telling, just trying to piss him off to get it done. See, the thing is, is Matthew thinks he has a loud voice, but I'm louder in so many ways. <laughs> so they would not hear him. They would hear me. And I could also just piss them off so much by seeing Misty Mountains. They'd be like, let's just fucking <laughs> shut this guy up. Boom. <laughs> done. Game over. Right? I think the worst part, though, would be like either whether they, he picked mom, mom and dad picked me or you. It'd be like the aftermath of being like, you fucking, you want, you want me to die? You want me to die, motherfucker? Okay, let's talk about it. And they're like, it was a really hard moment in our lives. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. That's what I'm talking about. The aftermath of yeah. being de- There would definitely be some conversations that would need to be had. There'd be some fights. I'd knock some bitches out. Those bitches being our mother and father? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I don't, that, that's rough, dude. I think that's just like... You know what could probably help figure out which one, which parent would decide which one to kill? The you found out what dies. Enneagram they had. Yes. I took an Enneagram test. I know we've Enneagram. talked. Enneagram. How are you? I'm a two. I have ADHD. So that, that's the considerate helper. Let me pull it up. Which one were you, um, Emily? Because I don't think you're the one that you say you are. I, I don't think you're a two. I think you're a seven. What's this? Oh, what's a seven? I'm a ten. Seven is the one that likes to go out and party, and uh, Stone is a seven. St- I like Stone. She's my favorite. I'm a six. You're a six. What's, what's the a six? loyalist? My really? next, my next two was the challenger and the perfectionist. Oh, okay, yeah. See, I so I so I took this from my leadership class that I've talked about a couple times. And so this past week or a couple weekends ago, I woke up really hungover, and I thought, hey, what better time to sit down and learn about myself than right now after I've made a bunch of dumb decisions by continuing to drink? And you didn't so make any dumb decisions. Huh? Oh, I was just, that was a joke. Uh, but I guess it didn't hit. Um, Did it? But yeah, so I was looking through it and then David had come over and I was like kind of explaining it about him because when you read about, when you read a two, it is me to a T. Like, like all the like things I struggle with and all that stuff, that is me. Like I understand where it co- is coming from. However, I don't think that, I think that Enneagram will reflect where you are at a time of your life because I definitely at one time I was a seven. I've taken the test multiple times and at one time I was. Um, but at least right now, my job, where I'm at, I'm definitely a two. But then I asked David, I was like, which one do you think you are? And he was like reading them and he told me. And I was like, Emily's an eight. Thousand percent. That's what all my friends say. And it's funny because the Enneagram is actually, so you're technically all nine personalities. It's whichever one stands out the most. So in my head, I think I'm a six. Like, because I only I don't talk about my anxieties and I think I have a lot more than I portray. So I come off more as an eight. But. I tested and I was a six, but mm. yeah, everyone that I talked to, they're like, no, you're an eight, uh-huh. you're yeah. an eight or yeah. you're a one. Yeah. I so t- the test, the test tells you what your internal self is. Yeah. But it uh, it also says that it changes like 
through your stages of life. So right now I will probably be a six as I get older and, you know, become a mom, become a worker, whatever. Like I probably will become more of an eight because I'm having to advocate for more people and advocate for more than just myself. So my eight side will come out more. Or, and then maybe as I get older, I'm like, oh, maybe I don't need to be so aggressive. And I can be <laughs> so we have to start at one? No. No. no so you're not working from one to nine. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, and then which one, I, which one were you? Like, you haven't taken the test. You and Natalie are two, I don't got, you? I wasn't, when we talked about this, which was a couple of years ago, I was a two. I just took the Enneagram I took it again. Ago. I took it again. I was a seven. But I said that I felt like you were a which one's the nine. You said one? a five, four, a four. four. Yes. I, yeah, I think you're an individualist. The too. creativist or whatever. Yeah, I, like I thought I thought that that was that was David. What am I? Uh what do you think he? Give me is? a ten. Give me a ten. I'm ten. He's not the peacemaker. I'm ten. No, I'm ten. Honestly, he's probably a seven. You think so? I I could see him being the a busy, fun-loving type, spontaneous, versatile, distractile, and scattered. So I could be seven twenty-three. Not in like a school sense way, but like every other all, way, yeah. he and has I, to be the best. I don't think so. No. Uh, I mean, I'm really good at being. I the understand best. why you think that, but I don't think so. Maybe because I seem differently than you both. How do you guys yeah. see me, like Matthew? Giant go. ass. All right, good. Go. Dude, I've been working on my glutes. You, you have to be the loudest in the room. Yes. Like, all the attention has to be on you. Yes. Which is what a three is. Like, they need a I, lot I of affirmation. A they a need a lot of, like, positive reinforcement. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look, we we literally, we played this Jenga that Monique made, and there's one of the blocks is anytime <laughs> you take a drink, everybody at the table has to compliment you. So Dalton pulled that. So he kept drinking, so we all kept complimenting him. He's like, I love this. Then the next game, he didn't pull that, but he pulled a blank one. And the blank one is you get to make up a rule. And he goes, all of you have to compliment me when I drink. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it's super interesting to go through and to read, right? Because what I enjoy is, like, you guys have all known me for an incredibly long amount of time. Uh, I'm always trying to improve myself. Like, every day is, like, just a daily task of, like, just trying to get better, whatever that looks like, you know, Um and so what I like about it is the report that I did, it or the test that I took, it came out with a report. And in that report, they have like developmental character traits. So it's like a, a challenge, you know, it's like because as a two, one of our biggest downsides is that, you know, we care too much about what people think. Now, as I am currently, that doesn't really affect me as much. However, if you would have spoken to me a couple of years ago like that would have been the most detrimental thing to me. And it's something that like I recognized early and I was able to work on and stuff. But I think that those are like super important because we're not always, we can't be good at everything. We're going to have strengths and weaknesses no matter what. Right. But it's a matter of like being able to recognize it and have an honest look at yourself and who you are and being able to like understand that and like how you can work around it. You know, it's also, it, it tells you which way you go when you're stressed versus when you're doing really well in life. Your those are the, the wings, the right? wings. Yeah. yeah. The this infographics wings are two away. Oh really? Yeah. So the one that I do is one. Or they're they're no, so your wing is is your top number and then whichever one is on oh, the side. Oh sorry. Sorry, so, you're correct. The what you were talking growth and stress yeah, growth. are like oh. are like a weird multiple. So like for I think for a uh, what for, are you for you for you the loyalist your growth is the peacemaker. Yeah. So when I'm in a really good, like mentally healthy place, <laughs> I go to a peacemaker, which is like, can be, be good in any environment. Yeah. They just like go with the flow. And when you're stressed, you become an achiever. Yeah. Which is, I need a lot of affirmation. And that's because of the anxiety. Like, like the, one of the cornerstones for a six is like, they're one of those people that like replays conversations in their head. It's like, did I, did my message come across? Did they understand what I was saying? Did I sound a certain way that I didn't mean to sound? Yeah. So when you get really stressed, it's like I need positive affirmation to know that I didn't do that. And so your wings are when you have when you're leaning into the five, the investigator, you're the defender. And when you're leaning into the enthusiast, you're the buddy. Yeah. And then mine, I think when I'm stressed, I become an eight. When you're stressed, when you be you're a two. Yeah. When you're stressed, you become a two, an eight, which which makes sense, because when I'm stressed and I'm pissed off, I'm like, I don't need care to control. Told, everything. I need to get this shit done. I'm going to step on toes to make sure this shit gets handled, you know? Um, and then when I'm in a good mood, I'm a, what is it, a four? When you're in a good mood, you're a four. Which is? The individualist. You're what you think I am. Mm. You just like 
Let it all just, out. Just go do my own thing. Bob Dylan. I'm a Bob. Bob Dylan, Dylan is a four. Yeah. I can get down with Bob Dylan. And so when you when you lean to your one, you're a servant. And when you lean to your three, you're a host. Yep. yep. Which is interesting because either way, they're both in service of other people. That is a very big like pillar. But that's of, the point of, of two. Me. Yeah. I, I like to take care literally of literally called the helper. Yes. Yes. It's fascinating. Uh, what was Dalton for at least what we think he is. And then what do we think he is? The seventh. Which one's the no, one? No, no, no. I think he was a four. I said we three. thought three. We thought he was a three because the basic, them. the basic fear, <laughs> the basic fear of a three is being worthless. And the basic desire of a three is to feel valuable and worthwhile. You're so valuable. That's bro. Dalton. I so when he's you. in a good, good mood. He becomes a loyal. I'm always in a good mood. He becomes a loyalist. And when he's stressed, he becomes a peacemaker. So he just stops. Oh. He just goes with the flow. I, don't I don't think so. Think so. I can see that because Dalton will commonly say, like, I don't care. I just want this to, like, be figured out. And then when he is leaning towards being a helper, he's the charmer. Do I have a say in this? And when he's leaning towards being an individualist, he's the professional. Dalton the professional? What do you have to say about this? I think I'm just Dalton. I don't fucking like charts. I don't like being put on shit. And, no, I, I agree because, like, I don't think that, like, some people let this shit define them, though. That's oh, the crazy absolutely. thing. I don't think this is. I, I don't think this is. You are always the way you are, right? Like we said earlier, like it it changes as your life goes on. But I do think that it helps you understand certain things about you, and I think that's incredibly valuable. Where do you think this Why stands? Are you kicking me? Where do you think this stands in relation to hor- like uh, zodiac signs? <laughs> zodiac signs, <laughs> bro. I just zodiac signs have been so ruined. I feel like it just people talk it. They're like. You you meet these people, certain people, for the first time, and you talk to them, and they go, "What's your zodiac sign?" And like, I don't want to fucking tell you my zodiac sign. I just want to know how 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 is your day? Yeah. How are you doing? But like to them, like if your zodiac doesn't match theirs, like if since I'm Aquarius, I don't match like what a fucking Aries. I don't know. I don't. I don't that's fucking, why we don't get along. Yeah, and that's like, boom. Okay, we probably shouldn't date because this is gonna be a problem. I've been told that. Before, yeah, and it's fucking stupid. It's like, it's like nine years ago, and like back in high school, I was told this shit, and I was like, "This is the stupidest shit in the world." <laughs> what the fuck does that mean? So all that stuff with zodiac signs, I feel like, I feel like, yeah, I feel like some of it's true. Like with Aquarius, like stubborn. I'm actually like they said that the 21st is an Aquarius, like it's a mix. Are you a You're cusp? on the cusp. I'm on the cusp too. I'm the oh, really? I'm the end of it. Okay, yeah, yeah. It's like some. Weird mix, and this girl came in Hustler, and she asked what my birthday was, and she would come in, and she would, like... I remember, remember her. this? Uh-huh. She would read people's hands. She would ask all these questions. She was super cool, she was but... super sweet. She just didn't fucking shut up, and we were trying to sell, and she just kept talking. She just needed people, someone to listen. Yeah, she was cool, though. She was a good person, and so she was like, when's your birthday? And I was like, uh, January 21st. She's like, oh, you're like an Aquarius something, and you... And she named my traits, like... And she was like, you have these issues... And I was like, oh, my God. I was like, how do you – don't talk to me for the rest of the day, please. And I went back into my little office and just sit, sat there. And I was like, she knew way too much. Like, it made me uncomfortable how much she knew about me without even, like, meeting me, just knowing when I was born or that time. So it's it's cool. It's creepy. It's whatever. But I think with the validity of zodiac signs tends to go away because there's so many different zodiac readings and signs and stuff as to where something like this – like the Enneagram, it's always the Enneagram. You know what I mean? Like it is what it is. And the Zodiac sign, like I could start a blog tomorrow and just start making shit up and, you know, not saying that anybody who actually knows their shit about it will believe it. But some people that are interested, if I do enough research and do stuff the right way to, you know, get it to show up first on the Internet, they read that. That's probably what they'll believe for the first time, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just crazy. What about you? Have Zodiac, Zodiac signs defined who you are? Uh, No. I think I'm very stubborn, which is the only one I know about Aquarius. Stubborn? I've actually dated two Aquariuses, and they're both stubborn, and obviously it didn't work out. But (laughs) (laughs) I'm not stubborn. Maybe try a different. Um, I can't answer that one. You're very fucking stubborn. With what? Everything. Give me an example. Like, just listen to any of these episodes of the podcast. What does that mean? It means your stubbornness shows. It radiates off of you. 
Oh. Unless he gets stressed. Unless he gets stressed. And then he becomes a peacemaker. Then you try and this help is, me with my problems. But Aquariuses so are also very loyal, which I, I highly relate to. I think I get that from my dad. Do you think you're loyal? I'm a loyal as fuck. We both are. Yeah. It's, it's, David wants to change the subject. No, I was going to say, but also I feel like the problem <laughs> that comes with getting these results is how much do you think it affects then how you move forward? Well, I think it depends. You, you have two types of people, right? Like you have people who are like, oh my God, this defines me. So anything that this says is me and I have to act this way. I feel like you should take it as a direction. You can either use it as an excuse or as a reason for why you are who you are. As a point to start off, right? So like you're like, okay. No, I'm- like some people like will never change who they are and they're like, oh, I'm an Aquarius. Like just deal with it. And other yeah. people are like, I do this because I am this way and I realize this is what I need to grow off of. Yes, yes. Exactly. I, I, yeah. Emily hit the nail on the head. Like, I think some people use it as a starting point. Like, this helps me understand what's going on internally. And A, I like it. B, I don't. So I'm going to fix it. Like, it can be fixed. You don't have to be the same person you are. Like, this world, you can mold it to be whatever you want it to be. I really do believe that. Um, but some people just don't want to. And some people, as humans, we like comfortability like i i fight complacency every single day like we all like it you know what i mean it's just it's natural for us we don't we're meant to survive and we're meant to find comfort right so like changing yourself becomes very uncomfortable so if you can find something to justify the things that you're doing that you're comfortable with instead of challenging it you're gonna go with that and i so i I, that's why my problem with it is is that like there's so many resources out there for these types of things that it's like i'm just gonna scroll till i find something I'm going to scroll till I find something that reflects the way that I feel right now and justifies it so I can keep it. You know what I mean? That's why I have a hard time with like people who like, you know, when there's open interpretation of scripture and stuff like that, but there's no like factual basis or like commentary behind anything because it's like, oh, that's great. I'm glad all these things, you know, that the Lord spoke to you and said these things. I'm not saying that that didn't happen, but it's always a little interesting when the track record of this individual is that like, it always realigns exactly with what that person wants. You know what I mean? And there's no scriptural backing to it or anything like that. Like that always kind of like throws me off a little bit. And I feel like this is something that's pretty similar to that. Hmm. Very interesting. All these things. (laughs) So since we've already backed ourselves into this, is it canon? We're going to go ahead and ask the full question. I guess we can just, we can retroactively ask the question. Is it canon, bro? And this is one of our oldest segments where we ask ourselves if a certain type of phenomena or supernatural occurrence is part of our reality. And so we've already talked about it, but Zodiac signs, is it canon? Yeah. I say yes. You say yes? I Yeah. After the whole conversation, you yeah, say Yeah, I mean, yes? like, it just, I think... You think being born at a certain oh, wait, time? Oh, zodiac signs or enneagrams? Zodiac. zodiac. Signs. Oh, I thought we were talking about enneagrams. Being born on a certain day just is gonna. What's the word? It's gonna inherently so, uh, affect uh, your who personality you and your behavior. Uh, I do think that that is canon. However, I don't think you have to stay that way, and I feel like that's my whole message with this. Is like, Move yes, I, I do think. Just the same way that I believe the environment that you're born in has a lot to do with who you are as a person. Yeah. But you don't have to stay that way. Yeah, just because, yeah, I don't I don't like that at all. I think that based off what Matthew's saying, it's just use that thing as a basis. Like if you're an Aquarius, like uh, you do these things. Okay, now work up from that. Don't just stay there. That'd be so annoying. But so you think that a whole everyone born in the month of July is going to be attention sinking oh what's they're cancer like what's leo i don't know everyone born in the month of august is gonna be attention seeking or dramatic or over like emotional or you know uh, inherently because that's the trait of a leo i don't i i feel like it's a I numbers think, game okay it's is it canon? Maybe. Is it? Is it really, really canon? Maybe. But here's the basis. <laughs> I really don't know. Here's the basis. I think that human nature, we need something to like to grip onto. We need to hold on to something, right? We need to know what we are meant to be, right? So 
naturally people find these reasonings that, oh, you're born in January. I was born in January. Oh, you like this. I like this. We're kind of like the same person. We're born in the same month. Maybe this means this, this, and this, and these stars align. So this is why this is, is. So yes, it could be possible. Obviously, maybe it can be, but also I think in human nature, we naturally have to find something to attach to and then work off of or stay there because we're all looking for a certain type of identity. And if we're okay with that identity, that is what it is. So I think I need I need to introduce two canons to this. One, do I think that zodiac signs help explain the way somebody is at birth to a degree? Yes, I think that that's canon. Do I think that zodiac signs determine your life from beginning to end? Absolutely, absolutely not. not. That's, that's a hard one. You decide. What do you think, Emily? Canon or not canon? I think they're canon. Yeah. Right. Whoa, right. canon. Heard Dang. it here first. Our uh, our celeb shot disagrees with both of us, so she won't be back on. This is the last time we're gonna ever. See on here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we made it this far into the podcast. Thank you so much for your time. We really do appreciate. It. And as always. Go ahead and follow us on all the social media platforms. At and guys, wait, can we do an update on the shirts? Let them know that they're almost finished. They're being printed. We should get them by the end of yeah, this week. let them know. Let them know. Well, by the time this comes out, they'll be ready. By the time this is out, we are, Don and I are drunkenly writing your thank you cards. Yeah. So whatever you get, whatever. Are we, we doing have that four, on Friday? We have four different options of thank you cards that we will oh, be writing. Um, so whatever you get, that's what we think of you. Yeah. Don't tell us to rewrite it because that's not going to happen. Yeah. And if you Deal can't read with our it. chicken scratch, I apologize. But you know, we don't have the best writing, but we do have a lot of heart. And I think you guys really need to understand that. And it's really gonna show. It's really gonna show in that. Yeah. Yeah. After a few shots. It'll show. So go ahead and follow us on all of our social media platforms at Drum Podcast and leave us a five star rating and a review and do all of the things wherever you listen to this. All of it. And until next week, everybody be safe. I'm Drum. And I'm Drummer. We'll see you guys then. Bye. Bye. Bye.